Connection also sponsors over 100 of your matches every single year. So when it comes to finding everything you need to compete as a beginner or a seasoned grandmaster, Shooters Connection is the only name you need to know. Online at ShootersConnectionStore.com. Welcome back, finally, after a bit of a hiatus to the Hit Factor podcast. I'm Jeremy. He's Potato. He's Jeffrey Cawthon. We're back from Area 3. Uh, that's why we missed last week. We were driving back on our normal day to record, and so we did not record that night. Uh, we spent time with family yeah. instead. So, sorry about the delay, but we are back, and we are here to talk about all things Area 3. We had our foot race. We had the single stack race. Limited had their race. There was other drama at Area 3 going on with uh, some area directors and other characters. And so we got all sorts of stuff happening at Area 3, which is great for us to talk about. Uh, Jeff, do we want to dive into the foot race first, since that was like the... It's really probably the highlight of the weekend. Was the foot race? No, I mean that was pretty okay, great. Okay, Jeff, it's pretty great. Jeff's Sorry, internet's going to be pretty laggy tonight. So, yeah. So, the foot race first. We had to find a place to actually run, which was actually apparently in. Okay, whoever's clickety clackety keyboard that is obnoxious. Oh my goodness. Uh, but who in, in Grand Island, Nebraska, they do not want you running there. Like they're, they're morally opposed to you running at all there because we went to every track in that town. Like we, we just go Google search after Google search and they were not only did they have fences around all of them. Most of them had barbed wire fences around the top of them. Like they are going to keep you off of that track. They want them corn-fed boys to stay corn-fed. They don't want them to slim up. (laughs) And so we had one last Hail Mary at this deal. We're driving around the night before we're supposed to go run, and we drive up to – it was a Catholic middle school. I don't know. Uh, And so they had their gates near their, like, uh, like their – equipment barn were all open and so this was at like 8 30 on friday night we're like man there's almost no way somebody's gonna come close these before the next day so we should be fine uh which also we had i didn't say it here but we've said in the past we did have a a film crew with us mr cliff who's not here but cliff was there with us as our videographer videographing all of this stuff so we're gonna have yeah. uh footage and a video coming out i needed to uh Needed to uh, make sure I said that. But anyway, so we get there Saturday morning. We wake up and Midpack Mike is there. He shot Area 3. He's there. And uh, another uh, another Discord guy came there to be in the audience. And um, uh, I don't I don't actually remember what his actual name is, but on Discord, he's T. Kemp. I assume WI is for Wisconsin. I think he's from Wisconsin. So he was there. Oh, that's the other guy uh, that was at the track? Yeah. Yeah. He was on the Discord. So we <laughs> okay. had we had a 
we had some people there. So anyway, we show up at like seven fifteen, and as we're driving up, there's a ton of cars in the parking lot, and there's all <laughs> these junior high kids dressed up in football gear, and they're all like on their way out to the field. It's like, oh no. At first, I was just like, okay, they're just having a a practice. Like, okay, no big deal. It's just gonna be kids there, and so we there are some, we kind of coach. We just park there. There's coaches walking around as we find a coach. Like, hey, do y'all mind if we run on the track? Like, oh no, get after it, go for it. Like, okay, cool. Well, we're kind of there and we're warming up, and the stands start to like fill up. And there's like a bunch of parents and grandparents and stuff like that there. There was at one point there was one out just standing on the track watching. Apparently this was like a scrimmage between a couple of different schools. And so it it was just a little awkward. Like what are these old middle-aged people doing on this track? Like trying to kill themselves running when there's a junior high football <laughs> scrimmage <laughs> practice thing going on. But we got past it. It's only awkward if you make it awkward, Jerry. I've, Jeff wanted to turn around and go somewhere else. He was like, yeah, let's just go find somewhere different. Like, no, we'll just do it. It'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, that's it won't my be too weird. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we raced the 100, the 400, the 1600. And look, I'm not going to say that Jeff's a cheater, but he definitely kind of he was trying you know we get there first he brings out this oxygen bottle thing and he's taking shots of oxygen like the whole time <laughs> i mean just and i don't even know if it's oxygen uh, yeah. maybe it's it's something good. else that's in it he's taking all sorts of might have been pre-workout supplements with all sorts of stuff to just hype him up and get him going uh he looked pretty jittery is what what i saw and then we're about to start the 100, and then what does he do? Like, what does he pop out? And he's he's hidden it the whole time. He's hidden it in my car. He's hidden it on the way to the track. He's hidden it at the track. <laughs> and he has this, like, T-shirt that he pulls out. And inside this T-shirt, Jeff has gone on to Facebook Marketplace, and he has bought uh, some track shoes, track spikes, whatever you call them. I don't even know what they are. Yeah. And so he had he had great. He had great traction on the track, for sure, for the 100. Uh, so, yeah, the, the, we raced the 100. The, I I did not expect to do well in the 100. Jeff had more confidence there. And, and Jeff, pure sprinting speed, yeah, Jeff was faster than I was. Uh, you were like a 12.5, basically, like a 12.5. Oh, no, sorry, you were like a 12.9. On yeah, the twelve nine, yeah, twelve nine something on the on the hundred. I was I was thirteen five. I don't. I mean, in all honesty, like if you just told me, hey, you can have a thirteen five. Okay, that seems that seems like decent enough for me. I think it was the track spikes. I think that was probably where where the difference was. No. Without those, I don't think it no. would have been. If we need to run it back, we can run it back. Oh, he says the that track now. spikes. Yeah. <laughs> No, the track spikes were awesome though. That was that's the first time I put track spikes on. It that was fun. That was fun. Was it? But hundred hundred meters, like 
that's basically the only type of running that I enjoy. Like at this point, like I can see I get to the point where I enjoy running a little a little more, but my whole life I've never been a distance runner. Never liked running distance. And yes, one mile is distance. Uh, <laughs> but but hundred meter, like oh dude. I would live for that sprint. That was so fun. That's definitely my least favorite uh to to run. Uh, so that that and was I, expected. So, so you expected that, but you guys ran it simultaneously. Yes. Who gave the start? Yeah, side by side. Uh, so how did we do that? Um, was it audible or was it visible? It was uh, visible. So Mike, Mike Dixon, who was there, he like stood beside us and like did a, an arm gesture like that's right dropped his arm yeah and so brett was down at the finish line also watching the visual and when he watched mike drop his arm he hit the timer to start so like it's it's not gonna count for official world record times like we won't be able to go in the the books i feel like probably probably the the, the timing of that probably wouldn't meet official standards but good enough it should. I feel like it should should have counted for world record stuff, but you know, I don't think it would matter if it did. <laughs> it might. I, I feel like. Uh, I mean, old... I was happy with that time. That was awesome. Well, and then you guys but... went into the four hundred, and this is such a philosophical difference between the two of you. So I'm going to tee this up for you because it's fascinating to me. Because mm-hmm. you knew what your 400 time was, Jerry. You didn't know what it was racing Jeff, but you knew what like a 400 time for you was. I had You'd a, run I had a couple a... of 400s, and you yeah. had a sense. Yeah. Yep. Jeff had no idea. All right. he'd done is run up and down hills with like weird, clunky like hiking shoes. Uh so you know he had no <laughs> idea what his 400 time was, but he knew it would be good. <laughs> like you had actual data, and you're like, maybe I'll get a second. You know, maybe I'll get two seconds mm-hmm. from like the heat of battle. But yeah. Jeff, he had no idea. He just had like raw Jeff belief. Yeah. He he had belief in himself that he was gonna be able to suffer through the four hundred. And you know, so so we started that. We we he was in the three lane, I was in the four lane, and so we decided we're gonna stay in the same lane for the whole track. Which that was that was I pro- maybe that was a strategy on Jeff's part because he actually stole what my strategy, what I wanted to do for the 400. But since he started in the three lane, he was behind me to start. And then we had to stay in that, stay in those same lanes, which he did cheat, by the way. He, I saw him jumping lanes behind me. So he cut off some distance there. <laughs> I, could, I could see your shadow. I could oh see you God. cutting lanes. If only there was video. Of all of right, this. Right? Uh-huh. We have video. We'll know. We'll see. We'll see when it comes out. But so the 400, look, Jeff ran a fantastic 400. Like, I, Jeff's time in the 400 was shocking to me. Like, I'm just, I'm just going to say it. Like, he did, he did better than I think, I think he did way better than even he ex- thought he could do, to be completely was it 67 honest. 67.5, oh. 67.54 or something. Yeah, he was sixty-seven and a half. Sixty-seven, sixty-seven two is what sixty-seven twenty-eight. But what's funny is Brett like said the times when we finished, and I swear, I in my head I heard seventy, like seventy and change. 
So oh, really? I was like, uh, I was like, uh, okay. So that's why at the end, after the mile, when he comes over and we're in the camera and he's like giving the times and he says 67 and he says it. And I'm like, what? I ran a 67. So I didn't even know it till like quite a bit later that I'd run a 67. Yeah. That's, that's actually funny. Uh, I, I mean, I knew that it, we were, that we were in the, like the sub sub 70. Uh, so, so yeah. we're running that and, and I'm, 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 so I'm in front, I'm setting the pace and I'm setting a pretty, a pretty decent pace for the first part, but it's, you know, it's nothing, it's not crazy. And, and I can just hear Jeff breathing behind me, right? It's like freaking Darth Vader's back there behind you breathing. He's huffing. <laughs> He's puffing. It's so bad, dude. And yeah. so like, I'm just kind of, I'm kind of, you know, kind of in cruise mode, you know, you're just in full on just a, a really nice stride at the start. And at like my, like probably at like 250 meter mark, I kind of kicked up the pace just a little bit. See, okay. Is he gonna, is he gonna stay with me? And he, and he did. And then like the 300, the 325 mark, I picked up the pace a little bit more and I, I'm expecting him to be gassed. I'm expecting him to not keep up. And then he, that oxygen was working. Those track spikes were working. Maybe his, his pre-workout kicked in. I don't know what it was. Just just pure hate, I think. It was pure hate, and he didn't want to lose. And here he comes, and yeah. he and he he actually passed me there on the, I don't know, the last 50 yards. It was something like 50, 60 yards, uh, and, mm-hmm. and I didn't catch him. Yeah. So he used, that, he used that raw sprinting speed, and he still had enough in the tank on the 400. You had to. Uh, you had to hear it, dude. Like when we made that last turn, I started oh, sucking yeah. air so much, so much faster. I was oh, like, the <laughs> grunting, yeah, the grunting, the breathing, all of it. I mean, it, yeah, it was, yeah, it, it was, was like, a little bit, it was a little unnerving to be honest. It was almost like, there's, like I'm running from, I'm running from a grizzly bear here. Like there's, there's something <laughs> happening behind me. Right. Like there was no, like that sprint that i took off on the last part of the 400 uh-huh. there was no hiding there was no hiding that i was gonna go faster it was like i was sucking air and then i went faster <laughs> it was like you had to know it was coming because it was like five to ten seconds before i started running i was like oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, i i was imp- i mean i was impressed uh i, I was perfectly again I ran a sixty-seven nine or something like that. It was it was sub sixty-eight, and I was like, okay, that's a that's a pretty solid four hundred. I I'd be fine with that uh, there. So, but Jeff, him him being a half second faster, basically on that was was surprising. I was surprised uh, that he pulled that out. Um, and then we got to the mile, and you know. We were about I we had about a fifteen minute break and Jeff is still breathing pretty hard. <laughs> like I don't think his breathing had come down oh, all the way yet. <laughs> but it's like okay, when are, are we gonna start yeah. this? We gotta get going at some point. We gotta get this going. Yeah, it uh I did not want to start that mile, dude. Like uh there was a lot of profanity when it was like <laughs> It's like, all right, Jeff. It's been fifteen minutes. I was like, oh, and then the you know they just started flowing. 
I was like, all right, let's just go. This is going to suck so bad. And honestly, this, the mile, like just getting myself to start that mile run, like that zapped me like mentally for the day, dude. I was like, for the day after like, you, no, I'm not joking. Like after having to push myself to, to do that run, because I wanted so badly not to do that run. <laughs> when we finished that, I was like, I was like, I don't, I don't really know how I'm going to shoot today. That, like, my mind is fucked. That, that was bad. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So then from my perspective, it, again, I kind of jump out in the lead on the mile and, and it just kind of setting the pace. And I was setting a fairly conservative pace the first, the first two laps. And, mm-hmm. And Jeff stayed with me the first couple laps. Again, I I was setting a, I was at like probably a six forty five average for the first two laps. If that like putting out to a mile, if yeah. it was that was my my pace. And and Jeff was right there. I could hear him. I could again. I could hear this grizzly bear back behind me breathing down my neck. And <laughs> and I'm sitting. Part of me's thinking after eight hundred, like this freaking guy is gonna like he's gonna. Suffer he's his way. Mile too. <laughs> he's he's gonna suffer his way through this, like beat his pr his mile pr by forever, and and I, I was a little bit worried after the first eight hundred. Uh, it's like he's sucking air, but apparently that doesn't matter. <laughs> he's sucking air, but I'm just thinking he's just gonna suffer through it, and so then the third lap, I kick it up just mm-hmm. a little bit, and. And I could, I could kind of slowly hear him fade in the background. <laughs> uh, yeah, which, yeah, by the way, bad. our first lap of the mile, the 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 parents that were watching the the football game going on started talking to us and like, "Hey, you need to go faster, pick it up, boys," and that sort of stuff. So that was that was helpful. That that was good. <laughs> um, yeah, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, Cliff, he had us mic'd up for the whole time we were at the. At yeah. The track. Yeah, he said my breathing was pretty ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and so then yeah. the the uh the final the final quarter and really the last 200 I just took off. I actually ran the last 200 was actually a good pace. I was sub my pace was sub 5 minute. No, sub 6 minute on the mm. on the last 200. Yeah, you so, see, you you caught your breath during yes. that run and was able to speed up, and I lost my breath as I was running. So by the that last lap, like it was all I could do to keep running, all I could do. Yeah, and so yeah, then at the end, uh, Jeff just collapses as soon as he passes the the finish line, and he was mm-hmm. he was. I've got roasted. a great photograph of that that Mike sent me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, so it, it ended up the way we did it with our run factor scoring. Jeff had about 15 seconds. <laughs> he he had 15 seconds that he needed to be within my within 15 seconds of my time on the mile in order to yeah, to get the win uh for for the running portion of it and and he which he, means he was, I would have had to run at 6:45 
Yeah. And if you had been, if you had run a six forty, you would have had to do better than a six forty five. Because if you had been that fast, I would have been. I think I would have been faster. Because um, I was I actually so. disappointed. Yeah, I was. I was kind of disappointed in my mile because I had more in the tank at the end. I you had, know I that had, you you predicted your mile time to the second. Yeah, I hit that pretty freaking close. No, to the second. Oh, On really? I was 629 yes. was my guess time? Oh, wow. Yes, yes. That's kind of crazy. Um, and huge shout out to Midpack Mike. Because, dude, this guy was there. He had, if we had, he had a, tra- a, a place picked out. If we couldn't find a track, he had already, like, Googled a place that was in exactly a half mile on fairly level yeah. surface that we could have gone run at. We get to his car, his rental car, because he flew in from California, and he brought with him one of those little wheel things that, like, tell you like exact distance and stuff. He had, he had put that in his luggage to take with him, that way in case we had to to lay something out with specific measurements, he had that with him. Uh, it was great. It was it was awesome having having him there and and the other guy from the Discord there too uh, was was fantastic. Brett was a. a Really big help having there for the timing and keeping track of all that. His math and is the, not uh, good, <laughs> but the pep talking. I mean, Brett was there to pump us up too. Oh so. yeah, yeah, That's awesome. Yeah, Brett's Brett's awesome. So, how much of a penalty do you think your match um, paid for the running race? If you just threw a number out, the first question. number that comes to your head, five percent. Uh, I don't know, because it's just a penalty on the first, really just the last half of the first day. And it's hard to even say if if that was related. Like, I want to blame it on Well, that. you said you were mentally but... completely tapped out, that you used all of your willpower to convince yourself to run the mile <laughs> for the rest of the day. You I did s- say that, I don't know, <laughs> five minutes ago. I s- I know. I say that, but I still came out and started the match the same as I always do. So, pretty that's strong. Where I'm like, Your first couple really, stages were. A, did, yeah. yeah, so it's it's hard to say since I started the match the same as I always do. So, did it really have an effect, or who knows, man? Who knows? What about you, like? Jeremy? I did, I, I wouldn't take anything off of my match performance based on the race. Uh, we you ran... have your trophy, Jeremy? Uh, not here. Not in my... No. What the hell? I don't have it. I should have had it just to show off for Mike. Uh, I wish that... Dude, your, your internet's so slow and blurry that, yeah, I see a finger, but that's it. This This is my Area 3 plaque. I have it on display here. They'll be able to see it in the real, the real. Oh, images. okay. You just can't see it on the recording. Okay. I'm, yeah, I bet it's. I bet it looks but, great. <laughs> I'm disappointed. You don't have your running trophy that Mike made for you. I. That's that's my fault, Mike. I'm sorry. I should have had it to show off for Mike for Mike's sake because he went to great lengths to get that for us. No, that was awesome. He showed it up was, and had the trophy. It was awesome. It was incredible. Uh, that was honestly like that was actually 
I don't even Jeff as much as he hated. That's true. Mike just he just logged into the chat. He said like eight people have an Area Three trophy. I'm the only one that has an Area Three running trophy, and that's true. <laughs> I have the most unique Area Three trophy ever made. So huge props awesome. to Mike for that. Uh, we'll send out a picture to the Discord if, if we haven't already. We'll send a picture onto the Discord for that. But I think even as much as Jeff hated that mile, like the race was actually fun. Like it was just, oh, yeah, it was just fun mm-hmm. uh, from it that was. standpoint. So even if it had an effect on our match, I'm not at all sad that we did it. Like I thought it was just, no. it was just fun. It was something to do. Uh, it was entertaining. It was motivating to, for a workout. Uh, I'm should be, I'm going to actually see if I can break my, I've, I've yet to break a six minute mile. Like am I, but mm-hmm. I haven't I haven't tried for an actual mile time because all my training up to this deal was running quarters and stuff. I wasn't like running just a mile. So I'm going to try to see if I can break that. See if this training's got me where I can break that six minute mile pace, which should be good. And then I'll move on to something else. Yeah, five minute. I bet mile. you can do it. Uh, no, dude. The amount of work that would go into to running That's even like two like, years. Two yeah, years in your life, you'd give up for that. Yeah, even going like sub five and a half would be would be a crazy amount of effort to do that. Um, no, if I can break six minutes on my mile, I will move on to. I want a sub twenty one five k. I think that's I think that's mm. perfectly doable. I think that like my right now my record's like my PR is like twenty one forty five or forty seven or something like that. And I think I can, I think I can get that off of there. Not yeah, easily, but I that. think I can, I think I can beat that. Yeah. Billy's make, saying it, it's way harder when you're old. Yes. How old are you, Jeff, by the way? 32? 33. 33. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he's got, I got five years on him. So I feel like that, like I should almost have gotten yeah. some extra percentages <laughs> on, on these races. Five years of experience, Jeremy. Of experience. Yeah. So I, you know, this whole race thing started because I called Jeff slow and, and I will, I will eat my words. Jeff is not slow. His you distance really running. Stop saying things to Jeff. Cause you just make him stronger. Every time <laughs> you mean to him, you make him stronger. It's true. He you would like on that. him at every match you go to, if you were just kind to him. He feeds on that stuff. It's <laughs> it's crazy. I've never seen so. He's, it's this loot goblin thing, right? Like he's it's just part of being a loot goblin. Uh, you just you just gave exactly. up another quarter of a percent at nationals when you called right. him a loot goblin again. <laughs> so yeah, um, Jeff is not slow. He is terrible at distance running. Always have been. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if I can get him. I'm gonna get him to uh, just try to beat me on a 5K. That'd be interesting. Mm. Yeah, we'll see. If I if I keep running, um, I might be up for something like that. I definitely don't want to like pick up running to train for something like that. <laughs> but if I keep running in the rotation and I'm like 
comfortably can run like five miles and it's not a big deal, then yeah, possibly. Well, the next, so the next competition, we've already decided this because Jeff has already challenged me to it. I think it was a mistake on his part. Is Did he really challenge you to tennis? Yes. I bet you do. He has has, zero chance. He has challenged me to a tennis match. Sorry. And have you seen Jeremy play tennis? I just know he played high school tennis and he's taller than you. And those two facts alone, like, suggest. Have you seen this man's physique? Crushed. Can you play tennis, Jeff? Yeah, I played tennis in high school. Oh, he was he was homeschooled, so they yeah. played they played everything. Hey, homes- Jeremy, homeschoolers are people too. <laughs> that, I didn't say that that they weren't people. Also, Billy, I am a badass at table tennis. Uh, oh, geez. actually, that I will challenge any of you all to. Okay, then uh, we're gonna have to meet up, and we got to find a a VRBO that has a ping pong table. Be fun. Yeah. Potato, come to Nationals. Yeah. We'll find a VRBO for that has has ping pong and great. I'll shoot limited optics. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's it's the it's the week of my moose hunt, so there's no way I'm going to Nationals. Oh uh, yeah, that's true. That that's true. That I was that. a uh, a common topic while at Area Three. We were constantly checking national signups to see how many people had dropped and gone over to limited optics and and how that was going Is it up so, over 100 now i actually don't know i haven't checked it since we got back i don't think but it was, it was like, like 85, 85 that week it was in the 90s earlier this week yeah yeah so yeah it'll be over 100 soon if it's not uh so yeah so that happened at area three we won't we won't get huge into it but look so we can do a little reaction because we were driving and I get an email. I'm the one driving, and I see this email pop across my screen. And says, "Opportunity for you guys from USPSA. You can shoot your optics gun at Ironsight Nationals." <laughs> opportunity? Uh, Excuse yeah. me. Who doesn't like more opportunities? Are you exactly. anti-opportunity? I mm-hmm. yes, I am. Uh, that's, we need to we need to restrict the amount of opportunities that people have. So okay. You guys, anything else on the race? We got the race covered. Good. Okay. Uh, Billy said there's 96 in limited optics now, so we're not quite to 100. But uh, so, what was you guys' reaction, Potato? What was your reaction when you got that email? And hey, lim- you can shoot limited optics at Ironsight Nationals. I thought, well, that's how they're going to sell their last 55 slots. Oh, so here's this is where I think this is where kind of the biggest bone of contention is because what was their justification for adding an optic? To see the viability of the see the viability of limited optics as a provisional division, and I've ranted about this on y'all's program before, but I think better matches are more division specific. A mm-hmm. good match for optics divisions is random number generator for iron-sided divisions with maybe, you know, with the exception of 10 or 15 shooters in the country yeah. who, can, who can run iron sights at a optics match. So if you want to test the viability of limited optics as a division, put it in a match with opener carry optics. Yep. Take over iron-sided nationals, if that's what you wanted to do. If you wanted to sell slots, mm-hmm. you could, for instance, say, hey, we have unsold slots, 
Anybody want to come and shoot a gun that has nothing to do with these other guns? You're welcome to. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was, you know, that's kind of the, that was the kind of the, one of the big bones of contention was they came out and said, hey, we're doing this because we want to test the viability of LO. And it's like, no, you don't care about that. You haven't sold all the slots to the match and you're just adding this to it so that you can sell out the match. And like, in some respects, like if that's tr- if that's just say that, like why do you need to why do you need to hide behind oh we're testing the viability or blah 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 whatever crap that we're doing, uh, and so like that that's just that's just them just thinking that all the constituents are just stupid and can't can't figure this out, uh, so yeah mm-hmm. I I I hate it one it's Ironside Nationals. So there's that. Two, yeah. it's a provisional division. Like it doesn't need its own nationals. I think that's completely bogus. It's watering down. It's going to water down the other divisions. Like you're gonna, you're pulling, you're pulling good shooters out of other divisions. They're gonna end up shooting limited optics. And yeah, yeah. I just, it's just a bunch of, it's just nonsense. It's, it's just stupid. Yeah, I mean, bottom line, it's just. It just sucks. I mean, 20 people have dropped out of Limited already. Yeah. At least 20. Um, there's probably actually a few more than 20, but 20 since I looked at it the first time, which when I looked at it the first time, there were already 30 people in Limited Optics. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's just frustrating. And that was that was my reaction when I first saw it was just immediate frustration. It was like, it's Ironside Nationals. Right. And this is gonna this is gonna pull from these divisions because I mean there are shooters, especially in in single stack that that have sponsors like gun sponsors that will shoot single stack because their sponsors make single stacks, but they also make a limited optics type gun. So I mean I guarantee you people people are gonna drop out and go shoot it and not shoot single stack, which frustrates me obviously because i'm a single stack guy um yeah it was just immediate frustration and like why why the hell but so 28 people 28 people dropped out of uh limited optic i mean dropped from limited to limited optics six people from single stack 14 from production I took a picture right when they announced it of what the registration was because I kind of wanted that historical yeah. record. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. so that I could see what the final tally is because I was curious and I figure whatever the official story is later won't reflect that. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, you can see like it's a watering down of the divisions kind of just across the board, right? You're just you're taking it up from all the other divisions internationals that has a whole bunch of divisions already in one nationals match. Right. Yeah. And it, and again, it weakens, it weakens the national titles that part, like part of what, part of what yeah. I don't like about the watering across the divisions, it, it, it weakens what is special about winning a nationals because it's just another nationals that's won against lesser competition. And yeah. so, I mean, to me, that, that's what that watering down divisions means. I mean, it it just yeah. means you're watering down the the competition, the the heat in that division. So 
I mean, that's exactly what this did. Is I mean, it it added water to probably every division but Revolver, honestly. Which bizarrely yeah. got more signups after this. But anyway, <laughs> there's no, there's no. <laughs> Don't even no, try and make sense of it. There's it's a coincidence. Yeah, went from twenty nine. Maybe to somebody. Probably some limited shooter. People started dropping out of limited, so they were just like, screw it, I'm going to go shoot Revolver. Just did it out of anger. Yeah. So, yeah, so... no, I didn't talk to anybody that was a fan of that. Obviously, there's almost 100 people that have signed up for the division, which I don't... I don't totally blame those people that have signed up for it. I will shame them, but I don't necessarily blame them, because if they shoot co and they shoot a dot most of the time okay yet hey they just open up a deal where i can shoot a dot again i well, get and they that live an hour that. away right it's like so now they can go shoot a 20 stage match an hour away from home against yeah. good shooters like why wouldn't you right yeah i i fully i i don't again i will shame them but i don't blame them for that but yeah. i also yeah. didn't talk to anybody who wasn't disappointed that that happened, that that took place. Uh, so Yeah. Same. Everyone, everybody was frustrated. I mean, yeah. even people that, that we talked to at the match that were like, Oh yeah, I switched to limited optics. Like they were like, this is dumb, but I'm still doing it. Right. Yeah. Yes. So anyway. area three, uh, Jeff won single stack. Jeff shot a good match. Nothing, nothing against him. He shot it. He shot a pretty good match for a single stack shooter. Uh, yeah, yeah. We were we were virtually in a a dead tie after the first day. You were up one match yeah. point. Yeah, I was like, you yeah, went to eight. sleep up point nine. Yeah, you went to sleep point nine up. Yeah. Um, okay, so stop right there. Don't don't say anything else. Um, all right, so take us through your first day. What well, especially because you three stages in, you were up thirty points, Jeff. After three stages, like thirty-five points. Yeah, I, I always come out strong, generally. Yeah, yeah. So get us to there, Jeremy. Get us like through that those first six stages. Yeah. So I mean, I start. I'm gonna. Were you I'm banking gonna... on me fading? Where you're like, uh, well, he's gonna fade, so. No, I wasn't. I wasn't necessarily expecting you to like to fade and skip a target. I wasn't expecting that. Uh, <laughs> that was a nice gift. That was that wasn't in my expectations. Um, you know, it started. I'm trying to remember where, if I had a penalty on my first stage. I know I had a Mike no shoot on like stage two or three. Uh, but so, I mean, it start, it just started kind of slow and sloppy for me. And that, that ended up being, you just shot my... three deltas on your first stage. That was the, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I was basically down a penalty, a miss in Delta shot on my first stage and a little bit slow. Well, and in your so... first three stages, you shot five deltas. Yeah. All right, so three were first days, so the next two is I cleaned it up, only one per. Uh, that's pretty solid for me. Uh, this I match, think it was actually two, two, one, but yeah. Yeah, yeah who knows? Uh, so, it, I mean, like, so, yeah, I was shooting minor, and 
and it was mm-hmm. it was just it was probably the it's the sloppiest I've ever shot. Surprisingly, without a actual ton of penalties. Uh, I mean, right, I had right. I think I had I had three penalties, but I had nineteen deltas on the match. One of the penalties was on number. a. Yeah, it was a very a very impressive number of of deltas and charlies, and so I was. It was just a really sloppy match, and. And it was a deal that, like, I was so we're getting we're talking about how where I was at after the first three stages. Like, okay, I'm shooting. I'm not shooting good points, but it's it wasn't like I didn't need to go slower. It wasn't an issue of I'm just going too fast. I was just like I wasn't gripping the gun well. I wasn't aiming hard enough, and I wasn't pulling the trigger very well. Like I was moving. I was moving the first the first three stages. Really, I was moving the gun while I was pulling the trigger. And so I was basically pulling the gun and pushing the gun off target a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and going slower doesn't help. That would just add time. Correct. You miss. Yeah, it's not like, correct. oh, I'm outrunning the gun. It's I'm adding fundamental marksmanship errors with my hands. Correct. I'm looking where I want to shoot. The sights are where I want them to be. And at the point the gun goes off, it's no longer there because I've moved it. Correct. So then, so mentally, like to recover from that, the only thing I could do is basically I had to put my mental focus simply on just trying to just hold still while the, while the gun's shooting. Like I, I had to actually like consciously think, hold still while the gun's going off. And as almost most people know, you can't think about multiple things at once. And so the other stuff then goes by the wayside. And look, I, it's just it's just my lot in life, but I can't make anything subconscious in this in this sh- in shooting. Like nothing happens subconsciously for me correctly, uh, as far as like gripping the gun hard or how I want to manipulate the trigger or how I want to aim. Like none of that happens subconsciously, and you can't think about all those things once the timer's gone off. And so it's just it's just the struggle that I have. Uh, so I. I I shot better the last half of the first day and because I did have a, a Mike no shoot on a really close, it was a stack target that was probably, I don't know, five yards away. And you had like a two inches of a no shoot between the two targets. And I just put one right in the middle of that freaking no shoot. Uh, and you like, you see it as you're transitioning away. It's like, well, that's cool. Um, then you're, Oh yeah. So you're pretty much, and that was like the first, the first array of that stage. So the whole, the whole stage, that's just in your mind. I'm already down 25 points on this stage. Uh, and so that's, that's fun. But, you know, I, I was able to kind of pull it back together a little bit. Kind of the second half uh, was still fairly sloppy, but it was, uh, it was better towards the end of that. And again, Jeff. Jeff got tired at the end of day one and he kind of, he faded a little bit and yeah, he, he missed the target. It was honestly a, a target that was easy to miss. Cause I had actually missed it in a walkthrough the day before I hadn't, I hadn't actually seen it, but you had, you knew it in the walkthrough, right? Like you, it wasn't like a target that you never saw. I saw it in the walkthrough the day before. But once we got back to the stage on this day, 
I never saw it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, oh, when no, Jeremy says I bet I, your yeah. brain your brain even when told Jeremy you, I, "Oh, I know this stage. I did it yesterday. I'm good." Yeah. Well, I remember like air gunning it, doing the walkthrough and being like this stage was not this straightforward yesterday. There was something else to this stage yesterday. But I never I never figured it out. So yeah, when Jeremy says I missed a target, he doesn't mean I sh- I like didn't hit it. He means I didn't even shoot at it. So right, yeah, skip the target. He gave a which, forty point gift. Yeah, yeah. Which you know the interesting thing was I didn't actually I didn't notice that in real time. I wasn't paying. I wasn't watching Jeff shoot while he shot that array because it was like a thirty yard target, thirty five. Yeah, it was. A, it was a pretty far yeah, so target. It was like there was like four targets up close, like ten yards ish. And then, like, right in the middle of that array, there's, like, a 30-yard open tucked behind a wall, mm-hmm. like, right back in the middle. So, I mean, very easy to glaze over, but obviously, stupid, stupid mistake. Like, that's that's a huge mental error. And it's it's that kind of thing that makes me more frustrated than any sort of, like, shooting mics, shooting penalties, uh, shooting terrible. Like, it can't can't hit the center of a target what makes me more frustrated than anything is when i make mental errors like that or like shoot to slide lock when i wasn't planning to shoot to slide lock or things like that it's like i just didn't think about it makes me so mad so that was tough that was a tough one to swallow i only noticed something was kind of weird because i shot the stage half half decent i don't think there's anything weird and jeff was like a half second faster than me i was like that seems weird but the fact yeah. that he skipped a 30 yard target <laughs> so no transition no split on that target makes it makes uh would have oh, made up for that oh, it was fast. Time. yeah it was a stage, good good stage time stage four, stage four? Yeah. so i shot it yeah you I had shot a mic on that jeremy oh okay that was where my third mic came from you shot it in the same yeah. time as Nils, um, although you did have the benefit of not having to shoot the 30-yard target. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Which is a pretty mm-hmm. good time-saving. Probably a full second, at least. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, so did I shoot an, another mic on that stage as well? You did. Had you mic. had a, a mic separate from that. You had uh, two mic FTSA on that target, and you picked up a mic on a different target as well. See, I don't even remember that other mic. Didn't even know that happened. <clears throat> Didn't matter. You heard the two mic FTSA and your brain's just like, I'm done. Yep, pretty much. Just walk just walk back and load my mags, look at the scores, see how bad the damage was. Um but honestly, like when I looked at the scores and I looked who like I was in the running with, because I, I knew that um Paul Clark had not bombed any stages because all his match, all his results were in uh, mm. for because he shot Friday. So I looked at his, and I was like, "Well, I mean, compared to his score, I didn't freaking bomb it. Like it wasn't that bad. I'm not that far behind him. So he didn't shoot great. He had a mic, and then Jeremy had a mic, and I was like, "Well, I mean, no disrespect to like all the other guys that are shooting, but those are the two that I really care about." And that didn't knock me that far behind them. So I was frustrated for a minute, and then I was like, eh, 
screw it. It's probably not going to make a massive difference. Let's just get back to work. Um, Mike Dixon was the only shooter in single stack to put 32 holes in paper that scored right. on that stage. Exactly. Yeah, he hooked Way up. Way to go, Mike Dixon. Crush. Yeah, he crushed that one. Yeah, so yeah, everybody deltas. bombed that one. Everybody bombed it. It was crazy. <laughs> With two deltas. Three seconds slower. Yeah, it was it yeah. was a challenging it was a challenging stage. So we haven't talked about that. Like the our first four stages of the match was kind of a blood blood fest for almost everyone. Uh, like that that stretch of stages was. Mm-hmm. I'm glad the whole match wasn't like that stretch of stages because it was yeah. it was really really challenging shooting. Uh. I and like, I like the mentally stages. mentally challenging stages as well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It it was it was tough. And so I I like those stages. I they were they were good stages uh from that standpoint. They were just it was just tough. Uh like I th- I think the next yeah. stage after this was the mini target stage. So we had half size half size targets and this was the only headed targets. It's the only uh, mm-hmm. we call them metrics. It's always confusing to me. We the only metric targets in the match, and they were half size, but they were at normal target distances. So you're talking like ten to twenty yards on on all of those. So you're basically shooting the equivalent of twenty to forty yard, just a whole stage, just nothing but that. And so that was that was challenging. That was actually probably one of the better stages I shot of the match because everything was slow enough that I could just focus on shooting fundamentals and i shot that one half half halfway decent um from a, just a, a technical shooting fundamental standpoint but yeah they were they were very challenging stages up to that yeah. point for like our our first four stages of the match were were rough from a just getting through it and hitting everything even you guys started on 13 and ran yep. 13 1 2 3 4 5 yeah Six. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so at this point in in the match, Jeremy, were you were you still trying to reel it in? Like you were still trying to reel in hits or make adjustments or were you just rolling with it at this point? Uh so kind of towards the last couple stages of day one, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like the the targets got a little bit easier. They got a little closer in the last couple stages, because uh, I think like our second to last stage was this was it was pretty close in shooting. I wouldn't call it hose fest. It was pretty close in shooting when I remember. And this is the stage where I got off the stage and everybody's laughing at me because like, dude, we thought you were gonna break the front of your trigger guard off your gun because you're you were slapping that yeah. trigger so hard, and I heard it's him say like, that. man. I have I've been training for over a year to try to stop doing that altogether and actually shot a good stage like the stage was that was actually a pretty good stage for me and and had maybe it was one of the stages that didn't have any deltas on it maybe I think I only had like one that didn't have deltas uh which tells you a lot <laughs> about my match um you had two I had two okay it's always good, especially when you're shooting minor. Oh no, you had uh, three, but it had a might no shoot. So, oh yeah, there we go. You had three stages of Delta. Yeah. yeah, okay. Uh, 
but like that that was kind of a just a good example of like nothing was actually working at that at that point so when we shoot that the last couple stages really all my focus on i'm just trying to hold the gun steady and just just i'm along i'm along for the ride at that point uh and yeah i didn't have any control over over the gun really at that point and yeah so trying to get as much as i could out of it and yeah it, it was a gift from jeff that i was in the match at that point um because i hadn't shot i hadn't shot well up to there like there were some moments that were okay but for the most part i hadn't really shot well Um, for the match to just put it out there i was also very frustrated at this point in the match um with points down even though i was shooting major like i think day one i shot almost if not as many deltas as as jeremy it wasn't as many but it was i shot a lot it's like you had like nine i think i had 11 or something after day one yeah so day like a lot of deltas were shot on day one and i was very frustrated with with that as well even shooting major like you don't you don't want to shoot deltas it's not not a great strategy um so i mean this whole that whole day i was trying to reel it in as well yeah, and and again, part of that was our first four stages were you were like you were almost gonna shoot deltas on some of those because it was just really challenging shooting, uh, just the distance and stuff that was there. What I appreciated yeah. about the match, not to get a, as far as their stage, is that for the most part they didn't use a ton of partials. They used more of distance and isolated targets to be. Yeah. let that be the differentiator and it it was nice because you're not looking at something that's going to just tank your score as far as an individual target like you're but you're going to you're going to lose to the better shooters because of points down right it's not necessarily going to be hmm. hardcover misses and no shoots penalties and all that sort of stuff so i actually that's actually kind of uh i i like that that is that's really more you see that a lot more in Ipsic. You see a lot Ipsic uses a lot fewer partials than what we do here. We tend to see partials but within all within ten yards type thing. Uh yeah. yeah. So I, I did like seeing the open targets at more distance and kind of letting the points down be letting hit factor scoring actually be what's the difference maker for people rather than it just being penalties. Yeah. All right, so that and I did out. see that the winner in production shot the same percentage of points as you, Jeff. Obviously, shooting minor. Who? What? The winner in production shot ninety-two percent of points as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. He shot. He shot good, and and then he shot really aggressive after he had a very the match solid was lead for him. Yeah. Yeah, I think they were talking about it at the the last stage. He didn't have to shoot the last stage. Didn't have to even shoot it. So he shot it faster than anybody on the squad. <laughs> he did. <laughs> Nils did a couple things at the match that were kind <laughs> of insane. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the the yeah. last stage was was the best one. Uh, he had another stage where he sh- he shot it. He eliminated a couple positions by shooting. 
the target from a really, really crazy lean. And I even, I looked at it and it was like, no, I'm not doing that. Like, no. I, it's not there. Uh, and and you, it was you like watch an 18 yard target. Yeah. He shot mm-hmm. four times at it. And you watch his video and it from his hat cam, it looks like that target's plenty visible. Like, why didn't everybody do this? And yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't plenty visible. Uh, I was looking. Yeah, I was seeing deltas. Is what I was like. I don't need to add any more deltas to my match. That's not going to be. It's not going to be worth it. So, I think whatever Nils is six three. That was the minimum height to be able to do that. Probably, yeah. I mean, that was. I tried. Like I tried to go to that position and lean out, and I could not see the target at all. Until my feet yeah. were on the ground outside the shooting area, it was nuts. Yeah, I and, and he see hit edges it. of it, but and as he was leaning out, he shot. He shot four times: two Alpha, mm-hmm. two Charlie. Yep. And to put it in perspective, he shot the match in the same time as Browning, who and I know we'll get to the limited result, but who came in pretty close third and limited. Uh so yeah, that. Pretty good time on the match for for a 10-round minor gun. Yeah, for sure. It was awesome. It was awesome shooting with Nils, seeing seeing all the stuff he did. It was great. Jeff, Jeremy. No, no, on your first day, Jeff, when you donated all those points, what what was your next stage? Were you right back at it? The next stage, I think I had a... We'll see, that was stage four. Stage five, is that what you're talking about? Yep. On the same day? Yep. Yeah, so stage five. There's no mics on that one, right? Yeah, That's so correct. that one. Yeah, so what happened on that one, why it's so much slower, is I shot the match, <laughs> or shot the stage, and I finished, and I pulled the mag out of my gun, put it in my, in my pouch, and the RO said, if you're finished, unload show killer. And I looked up at a target like five feet away from me and there was a mic on it. So with I the chamber still that. Yeah, with the chamber chambered round, I popped one into that target, you know, three seconds after I'd finished shooting. So that's what happened on that one. Okay. I was just curious. Just wanted to relive that glory too. Yeah, I'm telling you, the last the last three stages were not good. Yeah. Which he was probably feeling that mile. His his time on that was probably uh, it was a wash. Like he didn't actually the mic versus the time. Yeah, would have been really really close to the. Yep, I waited so he would have ended up same hit factor. Yeah, it was ended up being a wash. Uh, Then yeah, stage six. Yeah, it's a five factor stage. So five factor stage for him. Right. So he had three seconds. Fifteen points. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, so then, state yeah, stage six was our mini target stage, and I just shot that one super careful and too slow. That's all that happened there. And he still had almost as many Charlies and Deltas as me. I, honestly, like I, that stage, the mini target stage, if I had anything less than ten Charlies, I was totally happy with that. And ended up with seven Charlies and one Delta, and so equivalent of nine charlies and i was like okay i'll take that with a decent time on the stage i was not i wasn't mad about that so that rounds out 
Day one. Day two is where yeah. it got fun for me. Yeah, so... <laughs> How did it get fun for you? <laughs> uh, Day two. You want to start with me? Okay. <laughs> so, day, day two, we actually started on a very challenging stage, which was a bunch of barrel... A uh, bunch of barrels. Everything had to be on barrels. Yeah. So, it was actually a really tough stage for shooting major uh, against a 10-round minor, but and it wasn't it wasn't a great run or anything. It wasn't it wasn't awesome. But it was there. I was still frustrated cuz I came right out of the gate, shot two deltas first first uh first stage. And so from that point on, I I shifted here at this point. After that run, I saw two deltas. I was like, "What the hell is going on? Why am I shooting so many deltas?" And so I decided to focus on something else. And I decided to focus on the thing I'd been dry firing, which was, and I've talked about this in the Discord, whether it's stupid or not, I don't really know, but it helped me at this match. <laughs> um, and that was that I was going to focus on pulling the trigger like I was trying to pull my sights straight up. And that's what I decided to, to focus on from this point forward for the rest of the match, the stages. And so, and from that point on. You shot 12 on, deltas before that. Changed yeah. to that point of focus and shot one. Yeah, shot one. For five and, more stages. Yeah. And very few Charlies as well. Like it was it was That's crazy. Correct. It was crazy how how my shooting changed. Like I went so I shot the two deltas on, on that stage, went to the next stage, and shot three Charlie. And that was it. And I was like, okay, that seemed to work. I'm gonna do that for the next one and see what happens. Now I shot the next one, three Charlie. And so from that point, after those two runs, I was feeling very good. Um, I was feeling very comfortable, very confident. And uh, so it just built from there. I mean, I essentially shot good the rest of the day. It's just like that. And it was awesome. And I would recommend it. <laughs> Nine out of ten. Highly recommended. <laughs> if back in Grand Isle would watch the uh front sight lift out of the notch perfectly straight up on every trigger press again. Yeah, it was just nuts, because that's I mean that's all I changed. That's all I changed. Is like, okay, this is the thing, because you know, we pick a thing to focus on, or I think we do. I don't know. That's what I do. I pick a thing to focus on. I don't really know what I was focusing on before. Um, but at that point, I was like, I'm going to focus on this thing. And it completely changed my hits on, on targets for the rest of the match. Which is crazy. I don't think I've ever done that before. Where You, you haven't like experienced you just, that like in a, like practice or anything? No, I don't think so. Not oh, like really? that. Not like... Not that drastic. I mean, dude, look at those hits from day one to day two. I mean, it's it's crazy how many Charlies and Deltas I was shooting, and then all of a sudden it stopped. And, and yeah. looking at your competition, they were still shooting Charlies and Deltas on those stages. So it's not like the stages yes. changed. You changed. The yeah, stages I mean, were I... easier uh, from a 
like a distant standpoint, like the the shooting was easier day two than day one. It was. I I would agree. Like those those first four stages were brutal, especially after the run coming and then trying to do those brutal. Um, but like deltas aren't normally a sign of the difficulty of the target. Not always. Like if the target's difficult, you you pay more attention and then you you shoot the points you shoot. Like deltas are. I don't know. At least for me, I collect deltas on open targets. Close. Yeah. I did plenty of that. 19 anyway. deltas is a lot. I'm it kind is. of proud of you. <laughs> like, I, I shot a 10-stage match this year, and I shot 10 deltas, and I thought, oh my goodness. I'm shooting a minor gun, and I shot 10 deltas. I didn't know that was possible. You shot a 13-stage match, and you shot 19. That's even more impressive. It's it's. Yeah, if that's if that's what impresses you, then I'm here for I'll, that. I'm does here to impress, impress me. You. Nineteen deltas is a lot. It is seventy-six I, match points. I mean, that's that's a lot of match points. It's it's hard to overcome that, uh, which obviously mm-hmm. I didn't. Because yeah, like the the rest of that that day, uh, I mean, just shoot five mics and save your time. Right. Yeah, it'd been easier. Um, and faster too. <laughs> Don't right. even have to aim. Right. Uh, yeah, I just couldn't. I couldn't find the my points down were just atrocious the whole second day, and so I was like, "Well, here you go, Jeff. Might as well be Area Three champion." <laughs> uh, and you know, once I had a, a bit of a lead, and I was paying attention to scores uh, pretty attentively. I don't know what Jeremy was doing. I, I tried not to bring it up. Uh, I, I mean, I had. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> I mean, like, I was not. I was not looking at scores, but when you're, mm-hmm. when you got like two deltas on every stage and a, another handful of Charlies, you know you're yeah. donating quite a few points. Yeah. Stage after stage, so. Yeah. I didn't have to look. So, once. Um... Once I had a bit of a lead on Jeremy, I was just, just basically tracking the scores, looking at like the top, uh, top four or five guys that I was shooting against, and so I was just trying to keep track of where I was at with uh, Paul Clark Jr. since he had finished everything, and it looked like how many he points was you basically be... had left to give. Yeah. So I mean, your last few stages, that. it's like, hey, I can drop 10 points a stage and still win. Yeah. Yeah. So we went into like the two short stages and I looked at the scores and I was like, okay, well, I just need solid runs on these. It looks like Paul Clark didn't shoot great. So if I just have clean runs, I'll gain points on him. And then, so I did that. And then you just missed, you just in, made the fundamental math mistake. And I have to correct you because Jeremy's not going to. It doesn't matter where he got his points once he's done shooting. His points are his points. So unless you're winning the stage and depressing his point total, it doesn't matter how you do head-to-head against someone who's done shooting. You can go onto a stage and you can be like, oh, you know, he bombed the stage and shot two mics. All I have to do is, is shoot alphas and I'll be fine. No, the person's done shooting. They have the points they have. Unless the top changes, uh, you actually right. have to, you still have to show up there. So it doesn't matter how they did right. on that stage because they already have all their points. Well, it matters if we're shooting head to head, and like I'm not really gaining any ground on him. 
and then we come to two stages and I can see that he underperformed on them. I'm like, okay, well, if I perform like I have been, then I will have gained points on him on this. I was kind of treating it like he was shooting with me. Right, but because he isn't, he already has his points. So, like, even if somebody bombs the stage, if in, I mean, you were winning stages, so it, it's a little bit different. But if you're not winning stages, it doesn't, it doesn't matter because their points are their points. I'm not explaining this well, and I won't even try and do it on there. But there's, there's, and, and you, you no. intuitively already get this. It's just a way that people phrase it. It doesn't make sense where they're like, oh, oh okay. you know, I'm so, I'm such and such ahead of so and so, and they did badly on this stage. Like, it doesn't matter. They're yeah. done shooting. So if they have, you know, 1,526 match points, that's how many match points they have other than, than stage oh. points. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was just treating it like, like, I had his other scores, like, after ours, kind of DNF'd for a couple stages, because I just wanted to know how he was doing on the one I was about to shoot. Um, so that's how I was approaching it. I was approaching it like he was shooting Oh, okay, me. so you DNF'd him from stages so that you could just see, like, head-to-head? At some point, I did. Yes. I wanted, I looked ahead to see uh, on stages that he had underperformed on, and... Then when we got to those, I would I would be like, okay, well, I just need to shoot, you know, this many percentage. I just want to gain points on him on this stage. Um, so I would just try to, you know, perform more than 88%. It didn't matter if I won the stage or not. I just needed to shoot better than 88% on that stage. Because I knew he was the guy I was competing against. Like, everyone else at that point didn't really matter. So I was like, it doesn't matter if McLean won the stage. I don't really care. Like, McLean... McLean lost the match on day one kind of deal. So I don't care about McLean at this point. I just care about beating Paul on this stage. So that's how it was. Approaching. Well, so then, then it's, it's how many points you can bleed, right? Because you have yeah. a theoretical high available of if you won the rest of the stages without any score compression, and then you can lose X number of points per stage. I don't know, dude. I didn't care, really, I didn't care about winning the stages. He doesn't understand. He, I just cared about beating him, him on the stage. Like, no one else mattered, right? It was right, like, right, but how somebody does on the stage doesn't matter if they're done he, shooting. It matters he, how many match points they have. It doesn't matter what stage they got them on. He he he, he doesn't think like that. That's not how no, Jeff that does not, thinks. That does not make sense to me. That doesn't compute. That's, that's way I past believe. I believe that the math makes sense, but that is not how I look at them. Uh, so yes, going into the final stage, I had fifteen point. I had a fifteen point or fourteen point lead. So at that point, I just needed to not tank that stage, and I shot it pretty aggressively. So it was a good stage. And then it was in the bag. It was in the bag, and it was a good feeling. McLean crushed that last stage. He shot it great, which was for us was stage twelve, and that's the one and that I, Nils came in and shot like freaking fifteen seconds on. Fifteen point seven nine seconds. Yep. Yeah. And then McLean I, crushed it in eighteen forty eight. Yeah, I donated a crap ton of match points because I knew I was down, and so I just went full send. And it was an unloaded start, and I couldn't get my first mag in the gun, and ended up. I'm standing there staring at the first target, and I actually drop my first mag and have to then go back to my second 
uh, mag just for the first position. And then I went to war on two different pieces of steel. And I was still 19 seconds on the stage, which part of me, like, that was my worst stage of the match. But part of me, uh, that's almost my biggest takeaway of the match is like it was an absolute dumpster fire. <laughs> but, but at the same time, like, even with all the crap that went on, like, I shot aggressively enough to actually still have a really good time. Obviously, the hits were mm-hmm. the hits were really sketchy, um, but it was You're that was kind of interesting. Champ. That was kind of interesting that that my time was anywhere near as close as it was with a basically a standing load and going to war on a couple pieces of steel. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's almost like you don't need to be worried about time so much. It's well, almost like if you queued up the right level of aggression, your times would be there, and, and you need to worry about loading the gun and aiming at a specific point on the steel and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, possibly. So so I was one of the last ones to go on that stage. And so Jeff had shot his run. I was like, yeah, it looked like a really good run. Uh, and then, yeah, I saw Nils that ran it four seconds faster. And so part of that kind of was like, oh. There's four seconds. I can just on do what stage. he did. Well, I mean, I mean, well, at least at least attempt to, right? It's like I don't. If I just shoot Jeff's time, then I have no chance of, of because I I wasn't sure where I thought I was probably thirty points down to Jeff, uh, and I don't know if that was that was the case or not. Um, probably fairly close to that. I haven't even. I still haven't gone back and looked what the match was right before that. But I was like, uh, if I can run it in fifteen and like that then it's possible that i could make up 30 points on this stage didn't work out but i but it was like i can either just shoot it normal or i can go for it and if i just shoot it normal there's no chance of of winning and if i go for it well then there's at least a chance didn't happen i didn't have the didn't have the skills to make it to make it work but that would have been a hell of a. So, home um, you you gave up essentially forty points on that, and you were about forty points down. So I gave up forty points, but if you, I, I had... so you ended you you went into the stage forty points down, and then right. you gave up forty points on that stage, swinging for the fences. Right. But you, but you, if you had had a nils run, then you could have covered most of the ground of that forty. Correct. Maybe not all of it, but you would have covered a lot. Yeah, right. absolutely makes sense. So that was. That, so I mean, it kind of pushed my overall finish a bit lower than it than it would mm-hmm. have been otherwise. But it was like, well, might as well go for it. Um, if you ain't first, you're last, right? And that and that how Ricky, what Ricky Bobby says, isn't that in? I think that's in <laughs> Rocky Four. I think. No, no, don't even try. Don't stop. Stop. <laughs> yes, Ricky, Ricky Bobby in Rocky Four. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> solid. So, but yeah, it was a it was a great match. It was a great weekend. We had Cliff, our videographer guy, with us. He was great. Uh, we got a lot of footage. We got over twelve hours of footage. Over a a terabyte of uh, space was used. 
and a lot of people went up to Cliff. Thank you, thank you guys for for saying hey to Cliff and making him feel included in it. That was pretty cool. He was he was pleasantly surprised at the people that came up and and say hey to him and and knew what was going on. So that was pretty cool. Um, That's gonna be so great. cool. I can't wait for this video. One of the funniest things when we got to some stage, I think it was first day or something like that. Of course, at this point, I had kind of got used to Cliff and the camera. Like, I'm not, I'm still not yeah. natural in front of the camera, but we, we had had the camera on all weekend. So we kind of got used to it. And we get to a stage, and Cliff was doing a really good job. Even with, we had kind of coached him on beforehand, but then he just did it himself. He was going up to every RO, like, Hey, I'm going to be recording them. Do you guys mind if I record the stage? And, you know, that same spiel, like, yeah, just stay behind me or whatever. And so mm -hmm. he goes up to this one RO and he's like asking this stuff. And he's like, wait, what are you doing? It's like, well, I'm recording these two guys. And he looks at me and Jeff and he's like, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> it was like this. How dare we? How dare we try to like, we're not famous enough. How dare we try to make a video out of a out of a shooting competition? <laughs> I think he's, I think he said I've been to twenty seven different nationals, twenty seven years of nationals. Yeah. I've never heard of you. I don't uh, even know who you are. Yeah, it was. It was. You should have lied. Funny. Yeah. Oh, I'm Travis. Travis Tomasi. <laughs> right. We we spoke last time you were down in Georgia. You don't remember? Yeah. It's Michelle the third. <laughs> okay, so yeah. I got I got two questions on this, Jeff. Like, did you feel more pressure because of the camera? Like, just in the match, just like shooting performance wise, did you think that added any sort of pressure to it? Uh, no, I didn't. But I did get exponentially more excited when I started shooting well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But no, like. It it didn't cross my mind like when I shot poorly or did something stupid, right? Like skip a target. Um, <laughs> I didn't really feel it wasn't on my mind. But when I started shooting well and was like, okay, I think I'm pretty sure I'm feeling like I'm gonna win this thing. Uh, then I was like, yes, it was it was better. It made it richer, right? I wouldn't know, so I couldn't tell you <laughs> on that part. Uh, I mean, oh, I wait, wait. What was the second question? Sorry. Well, so the, the second question is, I mean, like, so you shot. A, honestly, take out take out a couple deltas and take out skipping a target. You shot a good match uh, overall. Yeah, right. Sure. Like, I mean, okay. w w would you disagree? I'm not trying to. I'm not. I was not trying to throw shade on you or or make fun of you anyway. Like you would say you shot a good match, right? Uh, I don't know. It's hard to say because I feel like I'm playing ifsic almost, right? It's like, well, if you, if you take away these things, then I shot a good match. Well, yeah, yeah I wasn't I trying didn't. to. Other than six inches and dribbling, I'm basically an NBA star. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wasn't trying to. I wasn't trying to play the ifsic deal with you, but um, yeah. But but overall, you had a good match. But yeah, we're start. You're looking ahead to nationals mm -hmm. and and wanting to do well at national, try to win nationals, and you shoot a good match, and then you look at Nils' scores, 
because yeah. we talked about this in the car going down, right? You were kind of asking Brett where like he thought he would finish against Nils. He was shooting production, kind of where you thought you might finish against Nils. Uh, mm-hmm. and Did you pick 85% on the drive down? Negative. No, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, they were they were both pretty aggressive picks on on where oh, they would I think finish I'm good against. For Nils. I think there was there was a couple guesses higher than that. Um, higher than ninety three. Yes. Woo! Uh, yeah, I'm pretty man, sure. I love I'm pretty this sure. confidence, man. You guys, you guys. I'm pretty uh, sure I said uh, if I shot like a killer match, then I could shoot ninety five percent. I'm pretty sure I said that. Yeah, that that yeah, that could have been the language around it. Um, I gave like three numbers. But yeah. So then but does that does that color how you view your match here? Uh yeah, I mean for sure. Yeah, cuz I I mean here's where where my head's going, which I'm sure you already know. You see Elias, single stack shooter, put up a performance against Nils. Apparently, mm-hmm. Nils shot poorly. I don't know that. I wasn't there. But area one, Elias finishes in the overall ahead of Nils. And mm-hmm. then I come to area three, and I lose to Nils by what? Was it like 13% or something? 14 and change. Yeah. So that doesn't feel great. And no, that doesn't give me a lot of confidence, but. I'll just lie to myself and I'll make up some stuff why that could be and I'll work really hard and I'll come in confident. Uh, Area 1 was also a very different match. Area 3 was technically demanding with a lot of far shots. Area Mm -hmm. 1 was not distant shooting. Yeah, and, and Nils separates on the the harder the shooting, the more Nils will separate. The hard, he's such a fundamentally phenomenal shooter that mm-hmm. if you give him hard shooting, he's going to come in way ahead. If it's close, fast stuff, there's lots of people who can shoot close, fast stuff as fast as Nils. Yeah. Lots of people. Yeah, yep. so that's the type of stuff that I will tell myself. I'll just be like, Good. Yeah, well, we just told it to you, but but it's all lies. Yeah. I'll, I'll even make up stuff like that. I'll be like, well... Really, this probably happened, and and Elias just took the mile up. And, yeah, exactly. Um, so oh, no, uh, it doesn't. So somebody doesn't looked up great, what you but... lost to Nils in the overall. I'm not doing the overall. I'm doing the combined single stack production. In which case, it's fourteen point six eight percent. Oh, gotcha. I don't yeah, look at the I overall. probably only looked sort of combined the overall the number. <laughs> Because who cares what you guys did relative Aaron Eddins as he wins yet another match, but still Jeremy refuses to rank him higher. That's a discussion for another day. I mean, what can this man do besides win every match he goes to and then have Jeremy uh, shit on him? I I have not done that. I've not done that at all. Uh, He needs to recruit. He needs to recruit more people to shoot against is what what Mm -hmm. he needs to have happen. He shot against another Open super squatter and beat him. Uh, Andrew Hyder at this match, right? Yep. Uh, is Hyder in our power rankings? Nope. Oh, okay. Just curious. Right. Jeremy, so before we move on, you answer those two questions now. 
uh, I mean, like, it wasn't like a conscious thought about the camera deal, but I do like it does. I think it, I think it probably did add some some level of pressure, almost like to the whole weekend, right? Because it was like, like Cliff was kind of coming and interviewing us, not not before every stage, but kind of two or three times during each day, uh, mm-hmm. before stages, sometimes after stages, sometimes how it went and that sort of stuff. Uh, so just kind of a little bit more on edge the whole time. And Cliff was great about like not being in your face or anything like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, th- there were, there were some times where, yeah, I shot like a terrible stage and like, Cliff's like, Hey, I want to, can you, can you come talk to me? And look, after, when I don't do well, like usually I don't want to talk to anybody for, for a good while. Uh, so mm-hmm. that was, you know, had to try to, I tried. I don't know how the video is going to come out. I may look just like a, <laughs> I may look like a really sore loser. I don't know. I hope I don't, but, uh, did you berate <laughs> anybody and let them continue shooting? Let them let you continue shooting after you were disqualified. I did not. <laughs> nope. I did not okay. do that. All right. So, All right. And so, so, so you're ahead of some people in the game. I'm ahead of some people in the game. So, but I, I think there probably was just a little bit of added pressure from. To, to me, I, I think there's probably some added pressure just being videoed the whole time, knowing that hey, this is going to be a professional production type deal. Uh, and and then as far as Nils, uh, I'm I've sh- I've shot with Nils more often than you have. So yeah, it doesn't it doesn't shock me to finish where I did against him. But no, but it, it is like when you because I was sitting there thinking, you know, I shot my time was decent at this match. It was mostly hits that I was worried about, and then go look at Nils' time, mm-hmm. and it's like twenty seconds faster. It's like crap. Yeah. I need to. I got to. He not only shot really good points, he did it much, 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 much faster, and. Yeah, that's uh, I don't know. Uh, that's uh, I'm not necessarily chasing Nils anymore. Mm. I, I I'm getting I'm getting closer to the conclusion that me trying to compete at a match is not a way for me to shoot a good match. Hmm. Going really? into this, you were saying that. I, I and was trying. You made this whole match, and then you made this whole match about racing Jeff. Right. Like, on your feet and with a gun. Right. And yeah, then you, I mean and then you didn't shoot the way you know you can shoot. Right. I mean the the whole the whole video deal and like the chronicling like the competition between Jeff and I uh that the goal was for that to kind of be the the focus of the video. But I do think for me like I will probably shoot better if I can just totally ignore the competition side of things. Because I want to compete too much, mm. such that it's for me, I think it's detrimental to my performance. And so, if I could ever get to a point and not care about that, that'd be cool. Yeah, but I don't know if I get there. We'll see. It, it was like coming out of this match. It was. I, I think I know where I'm going with my training, but I don't know. It was. It was very much. You know, we were eating dinner that night after the match was over and just kind of sitting there thinking, like, where do I go in training after this? And it Mm. it was, it was uh, like, man, 
I am at a loss. Like I, I, at that point, I was very much like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know, like if I need to just push harder, if I need to lay back and uh, push hard, just fundamentals and, and let's worry about speed less. So that was kind of where I was at after, right after the match. Um, the more I've thought about it, it has been, what would I tell somebody who was new to the sport? Like, what, what advice would I give them if they had just shot the match that I shot? Because the fact that I've been in the sport for 10 years is irrelevant, right? It's what are you, what can you do going forward? What can you progress to going forward? Uh, and so my advice to them would be keep going fast. Like, keep keep trying to be fast because you have to be that. Well, your problem, wasn't, your problem wasn't that you were too fast. Your problem was that you moved the gun when you pulled the trigger. Right. That's... That's, Which is yes. independent of speed. Correct. Right. So there's there's no need to slow down or anything like that. It's it's shoot more better fundamentals while you're being aggressive. But that the very last stage of the match where I was trying to just hit a home run, that was a, a little bit different mentality from an aggression standpoint than I had that whole match. And so mm-hmm. my goal in practice then is to try to hone in on that aggression more often in practice so that I'm trying to to be in that zone more often in practice um so so when you say like you shot that really aggressively and and you know you missed you missed one load and you went to war with two pieces of steel and had a standing load but you mm-hmm. liked how you shot most of the stage in terms of like the level of aggression mm-hmm. did you just and you said you were going to go full send so you said a lot of things like that is the error there, like as a listener, is the error that you did that for everything, that loading the mag on an unloaded start isn't a full send action? You just load the mag, right? Like, you just, right. there's no there's no level of effort required. You can load a mag pretty quickly, and if you do it really fast, it'll be a 145, and if you do it really slow, it'll be a 160, right? But it's just, mm-hmm. like, you just load the mag, and then shoot all the things as aggressive as you did. And then when you hit, get to this particular piece of steel, aim enough that you hit it, right. and then continue shooting the stuff as aggressively as you did. So, the aggression that you want to get in training is having access to that level of aggression, but not doing things that it doesn't benefit. Um, I'm not doing a great job explaining that. Well, no, that's. I mean, like it's, uh, yeah, that's that's the challenge is is to be aggressive and then be able to have the control to very specifically say i mean jj had he he talks about it a lot but very specifically say i'm going to hone in and kind of focus in for this target because it's a high danger target or high risk target whether it's a mini pop at distance or a partial or, or whatever it is uh that's that's really challenging for me to do personally like that's just that's just really challenging for me to do so which makes me think, okay, I need to live in that aggressive mode as much as possible so that I can practice that, hey, these these situations through a stage are where I need to rein it in. Everywhere else, kind of let, let loose, so to speak. Um, so we'll see if I can do did that or you, not. Uh, did you feel like the shooting that you did at this match was reflective of your shooting in practice? 
Uh, no. I, I mean, so coming out of Governor's Cup, like I was coming out of that, and I I pushed the aggression coming out of Governor's Cup. It's like I need I I was shooting very consistently and shooting a lot of points in practice. Like deltas were almost this was weird. Deltas in practice were almost not a thing. Kind of going into that, everything was really good. I decided, okay, we need to we need to push the aggression. We're we're just not fast enough to be competitive, and and what some stuff you, kind of like you went off that the rails a little bit. Governor's Cup, yeah, yeah. So that was okay. that was kind of a decision after that was coming into this match. So practice had been sloppy and and hit and miss coming into this match. So it wasn't. It's not a huge surprise to me that this match was sloppy because practice has not been super great anyway. Uh, so that's not a huge surprise. What I'm trying to not do is just overreact too far in one direction because I had a poor match. That's that's what I'm I'm trying not to do. But well, we'll it, see. what you're doing in training is working. Then what you're doing in training is working. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what you did or didn't do at the last match. Right. Right. And if it isn't working, then you do something different. But you don't need to throw away your training because you did something different than your training in a match. Right. That's not a training problem, necessarily. Yeah. That's just a my history in the sport problem, is being plenty prepared, but then you can't express yourself in a actual match scenario and i'm just I think learning to get okay that sounds it. very unfamiliar i bet there's very very <laughs> few people who will ever listen to this who um struggle to express skills that they've earned in training in match right. environments so yeah I, i'm sure there's no way they can relate to that i think you should basically everyone not named not... jeff Cawson. <laughs> i mean the difference is my training sucks. <laughs> it's like you watch me train, and you're like, "Damn, he's slow." That's the difference. Yeah, but that's like so you're I running. You're like, yeah, I did a seventy-seven four hundred. <laughs> I'm gonna, sh- I'm gonna shave ten seconds off of that, just because Jeremy's in front of me. I'm gonna shave ten seconds off of four hundred. I many I told though, you having the you difference. there. Yeah. I told you having you there was worth six seconds on that four hundred, Jeremy. I told you. <laughs> And then the shoes were good for the other four. Exactly. The the cheating, right. the cheating, and the oxygen. That was the problem with the mile. He ran out of oxygen. He sucked it all down at the four hundred. There was nothing yeah. left for him to take for the for the mile. I hope the video that we put out expresses how much I was suffering in those moments. Yeah, it was rough. I bet it. I bet it does. I bet it does. It's gonna be good. I talked to you, Jeff? our. What do you? editor today and he's pretty excited about the project and uh so he was just gathering details and he's going to be getting getting on that pretty soon and uh we'll probably be getting a like a first draft of it before it's cut down so we might work something special out to where um maybe people in the discord or something get to view the first draft before it actually gets released or something like that but Still a lot to figure out, but it's going to happen. It's finally going to happen. That's exciting. It is. It is very exciting. Uh, Yeah, and then 
last I have to cover uh, limited. We did predictions for limited. Um, yeah, my buddy know. really let me down because he I did. knew he had an open gun. I knew I knew he had gotten it, and uh, he, he still told me he was shooting limited at this match because I asked him specifically because I didn't want to uh, make predictions. And then he he shoot open because he is he is going to shoot open nationals we're talking about i'm talking about bob crow uh and so i had predicted him second and limited and then we show up at the barn dominium and he pulls an open gun out and i didn't want to talk to him for the rest of the weekend because of that, still just, fixed it for him yes and i still were oh that's that's the other thing uh i i oh, fixed thanks. i fixed thanks, three different guns i fixed three different guns saturday night between our two match days one being mm-hmm. jeff's i fixed his slide stop uh i fixed john mcclain's uh thumb safety and then yeah i had to mm-hmm. fix a pretty new uh open gun that the comp was loose just loose on the gun that wasn't it wasn't attached properly in any form or fashion so oh, yeah. i still don't know why you didn't fix jeff's gun for him right like, wow, it's a hammer following. No idea what happened, Jeff. Here, <laughs> let me go to the safe table and work on that some more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, so my gun was, it was locking back. Uh, the round was... Prematurely. Yeah, it was locking back prematurely, like when there was rounds still in the gun. So the rounds were pushing up the slide lock. And thankfully, we did bring along read custom gunsmithing to work on all our race guns while at the match because we're that we're that big that big a deal yeah we brought we brought like a cabin gunsmith and he did it pro bono so that was cool are you sure you just haven't got the bill yet (laughs) (laughs) yeah open your mail bud there's an invoice (laughs) billing is at the end of the month that's when we handle those Uh, that minimum, yeah. that minimum service fees are, is rough. Is real rough. Uh, <laughs> that's the problem yes. with a good gunsmith. Is once they walk in the door, you're already out a hundred bucks. That's right. That's right. So yeah, so I got to fix several guns at that match. That mm-hmm. I was I was exhausted by day two, just just from having to take care of it, everybody else's uh, issues and problems. Uh, yeah, but. That's true. The winner of Limited was not Joey Sauerland. Uh, he has not. won every area match in Limited up to this point, and he did not. He did not win this one. He was second. The winner was Gianni, which Jeff you chose. You chose. You put picked him number three. Mm-hmm. Gianni, yep. you you picked him three. You picked Sauerland second, and you picked Scott Brown to finish first. I did. Uh, Scott. Scott had gun problems again. Uh, he Scott just needs. To, I hope he's listening. But Scott, he needs to get his equipment under wraps, like and get that figured out because that's just that's just a constant issue for him. Uh, is getting getting that stuff to work. Um, and it's it's holding him back, which is unfortunate. Uh, I picked John Browning third, Bob Crow second, Joey Sauerland first, and. I got John Browning correct in third. Sauerland was second and Gianni was was first, which was a, a huge it's kinda it, 
that's interesting because our sport is such a big turnaround. This was not a match that I thought Gianni would have shot well because of all yeah. the distance and the accuracy required. Whereas what Potato has said about Area 1, which was a close-in match that was more more hosey, less less technical shooting, you I would have thought that's the match that Gianni's going to shoot really well. And I think Sauerland beat him by like 8% at Area 1, if I'm remembering correct. Um, it was big, eight percent. It was a pretty big, it was a pretty big jump from what I remember. Potato, are you looking that up? I can. I wasn't, but I can. Oh. So at this Potatoes. point, do we think that uh, is is Joey seven point five one percent? Okay, so I was close. Billy looked it up. Is Joey a more ragey type shooter than Gianni? Do we think? I haven't well, seen him shoot. I, I have not seen him shoot at all either, but points shot at at area one was really good. And I think his points shot even here was, was good. It was Gianni was actually fairly sloppy. He he just kept him on target and and was mm. and was quite a bit faster, uh, from what I remember looking at scores. So but yeah, that was very interesting. Uh it makes the the limited discussion more interesting going into nationals. Maybe I guess. I don't know. It would be kind of interesting if Sauerland had had basically been had won out all the way until nationals. That would have been pretty interesting to see. But uh yeah, it was it was really close between the, the top three were all really close at, at area three. So wanted to mention that since we had done our predictions. None of us got mm-hmm. first place right. So we'll try. We'll try to be better next time. Well in fairness so, it's just the two of you all. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I would have been Gianni. also wrong, but I didn't get the chance to be wrong, and so I want the record to reflect that. Who who would you what would your <laughs> top three have been if you had picked? Um, I would have wow. picked Joey to win. And I would have picked uh Browning to be second and Gianni to be third. Hmm. Yeah. So Gianni won six stages. Six and of Joey 13. won one stage. He won one stage. Yeah, it's Winning stages is a really good way to win matches. It can help. Uh, Sometimes it works. The only other thing that I would add is this match, it didn't have a ton of 32-round stages, but they're almost all like 26 to 30. There was only yeah. there was one bay that had two small short courses in it. And I think the match would have been way better if we had taken away two more of the big stages and had two more bays with two small stages in it. Cause their short courses were, I thought their short courses were pretty good. Uh, they were, they were interesting, but it just, it's just kind of sometimes nice to have a, Hey, here's a short course. This is a pretty straightforward on how to do it. Uh, just, and just, can you do that? Just a really kind of small sample size. Uh, I think the the match would have been well served to have two more bays of, of short courses in it. So I wish they had, I wish they had Mm -hmm. done that from that standpoint. Otherwise I was, the stages were fine. It's also a nice way to kind of break it up Mm -hmm. because like at this match, it's, it seemed like, like the one side, uh, like one through four, one through five, like pretty long courses, pretty difficult shooting, very mentally taxing side of the range. 
And then the mm-hmm. other side was a bit more straightforward, easier. That's where some of the little shorter ones were. There weren't any, like, technically, there weren't any short courses, were there? I don't think there. That would be like 15 rounds or less, something like that, right? 12, 12 and under. 12. Ips, Ipsic is 12 and under for a short course. Yeah, so technically there were no short courses, I don't think. Um, yeah, because you had 14 were, and 13. They were both yeah. be, would be medium courses in um, both USPSA and EPSIC. Yeah. Yeah, if we if were using that metric, then yeah. Um, but yeah, if you had had like some short ones to break up those big ones down at the other end, mm-hmm. uh, it it would have felt a little bit better from from my perspective. I'm not an expert on those things, but from my perspective, that would have been nice. There's yeah. pretty cool things you can do with short courses too, where it's not just pure execution where everyone does the same thing, but you can make people make a difficult choice, even with mm-hmm. 11 rounds. Yeah. It's like, hey, do I want to enter really aggressively on this tight no-shoot partial, or do I want to exit really aggressively on this steal? And you have to do one of them, but you don't right. have to do both. And so you yeah. can set up scenarios in an 11-round stage where people have to do something they don't want to do, that they're uncomfortable yep. doing, and then let them separate on that. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I agree with that. And that yeah, if we could like those first four stages, stages one through four or one through five, yeah, it would have been an actually it would have been pretty nice to have a couple of short courses shoehorned in there because yeah, it was it was a bit of a, a beat down those first stages one through five mm-hmm. there for sure. So yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. Thirteenth 13 stages, 329 rounds. I know round count doesn't mean much, but that's 25 rounds a stage, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a long. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was. You guys got any anything else on the match area three questions, concerns, call outs? It's going to be in Minnesota next year, right? That's what I've heard. Oh, yeah. That's the rumor yeah. I've heard. It's, it's not going to be Grand Island. This will be the first time since I've been shooting that it hasn't been in Grand Island. Uh, there was there was zero representation for Hornady at this match. Normally, Hornady okay. sends them like a truckload of stuff, and w- what I heard is they got like a couple boxes. Like normally, because we were hoping to, it was actually a missed opportunity for them because I had specifically told our Cliff, our videographer, hey. Normally, there's a big Hornady sign. There'll be a big Hornady banner. Like, if we can have some sort of B-roll of that, just, like, going past that, that we could kind of help promote, like, this, the match sponsor in our video without, you know, it just be B-roll type stuff, then we could send that to, to Hornady and say, hey, like, we made this video, and so we just appreciate you guys supporting the match and all that sort of stuff. None of that was there. There was, like, I was looking for, like, a Hornady banner, and I didn't find it. Maybe there was one somewhere, but I never found one anywhere. So I think that was kind of the nail in the coffin for, hey, it's not going to be at Grand Island anymore because Hornady is there in Grand Island. That's why it has always been there because they've supported the match so well. And since it wasn't being, since they didn't support it very much this year, I think it's like, well, might as well take it somewhere else. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. So kind of a bummer uh this mm-hmm. uh, you know and i don't know what precipitated them not wanting to support the match like they have traditionally i just don't know that but yeah then i mean there's a little bit more drama at the match uh area four director claims to not know rules but 
So he got DQ'd <laughs> because he's he switched guns. Uh, he was shooting a gun for some reason. He switched guns, but he did not notify the range master or anybody that he switched guns. And he shot like a couple stages with the gun he had switched to. And so then that's that's a DQ. Like you have to let RM know. They go. You have to go get make sure your new gun's legal. And if you've been through chrono, you have to re-chrono and all that sort of stuff. Uh, he did. He failed to do any of those things, which. Again, Mel doesn't seem to care that uh, what the rules are, that the rules just don't apply to him and he doesn't have to do that. And so he blew up and yelled at people. And I think he shoehorned himself back into the match for a stage or two, and then he got then taken back out of the match after that. Uh, I don't know a whole lot more than that other than if you're area director, follow the freaking rules. And then if you get DQ'd, take it like a man and be professional. Plain and simple. Yeah, I think you said it. Well, Mel just... He he doesn't know and doesn't care about the rules. I mean, I think you yeah. showed us that repeatedly, so I think we can say that with confidence. Yeah, I think so. Well, there are some people for whom the rules simply do not apply. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then and then the other the other drama that came out of there was there was a DQ of a shooter for a 180 violation, and and he's made it a bigger thing because because he's taken it to social media and posted stuff. And look, the I've seen the video. Uh, did he break it? I don't know. But look, if you're running left to right or right to left, no matter what, if you're gonna pump the gun and swing it down, like by your side then i'm sorry you're putting it you're putting an ro in a very tough situation to make an, a 180 call in a position that have zero reason zero reason to to do that like you like you're maybe you maybe you didn't break the 180 but you had zero reason to be anywhere near the 180 with your gun at that point it didn't help your shooting doesn't not going to make you faster you're just slinging a gun around so yeah, there there was a guy on the Discord, and he's he's pretty new, uh, and I'm not going to call him out by name, but he said, "Well, he might have been at 181, but he didn't put anybody in danger. There was like there, it wasn't unsafe at all, and so like the RO shouldn't make that call. And I'm sorry, but that that thought process is entirely wrong. The 180 is the absolute maximum for like what is safe you should never even get close to the 180 unless unless a bad stage design forces you to shoot a target near the 180 otherwise you do everything you can to be way away from it because we all know the 180 call is subjective like it it is like there's and there's no way around it we cannot fix that we cannot make it unsubjective but it's also one of the most necessary safety rules in our sport so if you know yeah. it's subjective and you know it's necessary and you're a GM shooter, like you, you're trying to like claim that you're one of the best shooters in the country, then have enough control over your gun to, to not even get close to the 180. Like be obvious about it. Don't put it right, right. on the line. And that's, that's the key, man. You gotta be obvious. You gotta be obvious about it. And like arm pumping fine. Okay, it's fine. But 
if you're running parallel to the back burn and your gun is on the uprange side of your body, pumping beside your body, not a good idea. Um, that's like that's that's an incredibly difficult call, even if you're confident in it. Um, just keep it downrange. Like it is, it is so easy in that situation to keep the gun downrange. Right. It's easy in that position. It's honestly easy going either direction. Um, so make it obvious. It's easy to make it obvious. And you, your arm pump, like, what's that saving you? You could probably gain that time somewhere else and stay in the match. <laughs> right. Um, I don't know. So, uh, I've been victimized several times this year by um, high quality, high resolution match photographers, um, which, as a general rule, I'm opposed to because they stand right <laughs> okay. on the 180 uh, and yeah. they can see everything you're doing and it shows up on film. And um, yeah, nobody else well, can see what you're doing. <laughs> well, that one, they can't, I know, but I can afterwards. And so can everybody else who scrolls through the match photos. And it's changed how yeah. I'm doing certain things in dry fire. This is like, wow, I look really, really sketchy. Mm -hmm. and, and it's not in like, so I break grip to reload. It's just how I've always reloaded to get a really positive press on the mm -hmm. mag release. doesn't matter on the gun. doesn't matter the grip size. I break grip. So when I break yeah. grip, my finger curls. And so it curls and it floats in front of the trigger, trigger guard. You put a camera on the uh, 180. Yeah. You can't tell depth. It's in there. You put a camera behind me, you can see it's outside of the trigger guard. It's like, all right, I'm just going to start doing this. Right? Like, yeah. it doesn't... It's it's a matter yep. of minutes for me to train to do this. There's no time-saving do that, doing that. That's just what I've always done. But then, like, mm -hmm. I sort of see it on film. It's like, wow, that looks awful. <laughs> like, you take that from the side. It sure looks like that guy's reloading his gun every time, you know, with his finger on the trigger. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's things no, like that where once you become aware of it, you can... Yeah, you can change it, but yeah. So you have the option. You can get Arm belligerent. The same thing. Yeah, yeah. You can be belligerent. Say, I never broke it. I didn't have my finger in the trigger. I didn't do that. Or you can just say, Hey, I'm going to make this call easy for the ROs to not take me out of the match because once exactly. they've said, yeah. and, and, and once... I know the, the the really awful looking photograph. I know because I have video from another angle. It is not in there. But it really yeah. looks like it. And if there had yeah. been an RO instead of a photographer there, they would have been 100% right based on what they can see to DQ me. Although normally we, mm -hmm. we only do fingers if they're audible. We don't normally right. do them when they're visual. Yeah, and like once an RO says stop for a safety violation, you're out of the match. Like you're not. You can pitch a fit. You can do whatever. You're not coming back in. Like that's percentage-wise. I mean, I've basically, never seen anybody come back in, so. I have I've seen I have it twice heard, now, but not many. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've heard about like one or two the whole time I've been in the sport. Uh like so once it says stop, like you're out. Like sorry, but you're out. And so yeah, do what potato's doing. Make it obvious that your finger's not in the trigger guard or that your your muzzle's pointed down range. Like that should be your that should be your first goal, then be fast. Be mm -hmm. safe, then be fast. If your goal is to be safe and then figure out, hey, if it's it's sketchy enough, then no, I'm not. Uh, no, your first goal is to be safe and for everybody to be able to go home. So there's yep. my Jeremy's rants over. Yeah, well, 
I would say subscribe like, for more Jeremy rants. Yes, we can send them more, to our phone. Yeah, more than any, more than anything, I think like this situation and this call and the controversy and and the blow up on the internet and everything, it should really just be like a call to action to competitors. Like, don't put yeah. yourself in that situation. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say that wasn't a DQ or that was. Like, uh, honestly, it, I don't really care at this point. But you should take that information and be like, hey, maybe I shouldn't arm pump when I'm going this direction. Or if I do arm pump, maybe keep the gun down range and in front of my body over here. Uh, so right. use that as information to tweak your game so you can keep shooting and you can win matches. Yep, that's all. I I agree fully. Um, so, well, guys, it has been a long podcast. Uh, thanks for the chat, guys, and thank you everyone for listening. Shooters Connection did sponsor this video, as with all our videos. So please go uh, go buy all your stuff from Shooters Connection. They've got everything you need. They sponsor tons of matches. Uh, like, comment, and subscribe. We would. I love to hear from you on the on YouTube comment section. I try to respond to those as best I can and join the Discord. Mm -hmm. It is it is yep. a little bit of money, but we actually are trying to put that like this video that we've talked about making, that's where all that money has gone into. So the more people that, that wanna if you want to help support the video, then you can do that simply by joining the Discord. And yeah, we'd love to hear from you if you have any questions or anything like that. We are Happy to help. And shout outs from the Discord this week from Jay Hudland. He said, Shout out to myself um, for motivation to build a new open gun. We'll be shooting a single stack in the meantime. So I suggested that maybe just not finish the open gun. Yeah. But, you know, we'll see what happens there. Uh, shout out to Billy McScrublord, aka Mac and Bood, on Instagram. I think he likes Joel Park or something. So go check him out. <laughs> yeah. Man, Joel Park gets more shout outs on here than anybody. Shit. I think, yeah, Joel needs to start paying for a subscription. That's all I can say. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's all I got. Did we miss anything, Jeremy? I, I mean, probably, but it's late. I'm tired now. Potato, did we miss anything? Good. Oh, thank you for I joining us once again, videos. Potato. So, yes, that was a long train one. hard, and uh, we'll talk to you all later. Peace. Peace. Connection also sponsors over 100 of your matches every single year. So when it comes to finding everything you need to compete as a beginner or a seasoned grandmaster, Shooters Connection is the only name you need to know. Online at ShootersConnectionStore.com. Welcome back, finally, after a bit of a hiatus to the Hit Factor podcast. I'm 